Welcome to Missouri Loves Company. I'm Brock Wilbur. I'm Vivian Kane. This is our podcast about moving to Missouri. And doing stuff when we're there. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> uh, how was your week? Um, fine. My week uh, was spent sort of in solitude because you went to spend the week with your family in Salina. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this whole big creepy house with an attic and a basement and too many rooms to myself. Too many rooms. Too many rooms. Uh, that's what I sang to myself all week. Uh, but it was it was good just being by myself in Missouri. <laughs> that's my life now. How was your week? <laughs> I love company in Missouri. Uh, it was Missouri without company this bleh. week. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, my family... Uh, Everyone is trying to die, and they're all getting sick, but then, like, one of them will be in the hospital, and everyone else will go visit them in the hospital and get sick because they're in a hospital. It's it's that uh, that story problem about the coyote and the chicken and the seed and getting them across the river. I have no idea what that... Oh, across the river, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah you can take one, but you have to leave two together. Out it's, in California, it's like a frog and a something and another thing. <laughs> regional <laughs> humor uh yeah so there's that and uh so uh I, I got to got to kansas city and the first thing i did was be uh got to get a therapist uh because had one in los angeles and needed one out here because so uh i've overcome toxic masculinity and i'm working on improving it's myself it's not an issue anymore it's not it's an issue fixed. anymore it's mm-hmm. fixed we've fixed my masculinity <laughs> i'm fixed in that way that only a wife can do uh <laughs> And uh, so they gave me a therapist, and then they took my therapist away. Well, it's a teaching hospital, it so is a teaching you hospital. knew she was going to disappear. But then it happened sooner than it you thought. It happened sooner, <laughs> and instead of giving me a new therapist, they put me in a required four-week program of a group, and uh, they didn't tell me. So I showed up to group, and uh, this group is t- they they say that you're required to do the four weeks of this. So that you can have expectations of what to take from psychotherapy, but I've been I've been in psychotherapy for fucking years, so my expectations are set. I don't need to be in a group to do this, uh, and uh, I, I needn't get into the specifics on it. But I am filing like a a real ass complaint with the hospital because today I saw a doctor lead a group discussion uh, that conflated rape with just about everything under the sun. And uh, I, I was just, a, just an, an insane listicle of things that I was like, this person cannot help people with mental issues and shouldn't be allowed to fucking speak. Uh, so that's going to be a big part of my week, I feel. Uh, also, I just love that they're like, we don't trust you with therapy yet until you really like grasp the idea of therapy and we're going to like suss that out in a group situation. Also, uh, can we, I, I hope that like all humans can agree. I would think that all humans can agree, but apparently not because people made this a requirement, but I would think that, that it would be a given that not everyone should be required to attend group therapy. Like if the, if the gatekeeper mm-hmm. to therapy says, okay, but first you have to tell a group of strangers about all of your issues. Right. Then, so many people aren't going to get into therapy. That's just, that's a horribly irresponsible, like, prerequisite, it seems this like. This doctor leading the group today was just well, opening but, people's files and yeah. then holding up pages of their answers for things. And I was like, what are yeah. we doing? Like, your doctor sounded terrible, <laughs> but just the concept of requ- of mandatory group therapy before you can have private therapy. Like, you can't, you can't tell a professional your problems until you tell strangers your problems is a horrible method. It's horrible. 
Yeah. So that was today. So it's a fun day in this house. <laughs> uh, joining us today as our guest is... Oh, hi. I'm Kinsey Ferguson. <laughs> I, wait, 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 for it. I liked the arms. Our guest today is... Drum roll. Kinsey Ferguson, the empowerment photographer. Hello. Kinsey oh, wow. is, a, is a fantastic intro. I, I got out here and uh, a Los Angeles friend from the wedding industry was like, you've got to know my friend Kinsey, who recently moved to Kansas City as well, and you guys will be friends. And I was like, yeah, you just invited us over to your house to come. The next day, I think. Yeah, yeah well, you did it one day. You were like, come over for dinner. And we're like, um, we can't. And just the next day, like, come over for dinner tonight. And then... We both want to be like spontaneous people, but apparently we need at least like 24 hours notice to get over our anxiety of leaving the house. Also, I just love that you run a group of 30 somethings with one year old kids that are like all the coolest people in town. I'm just like eat spaghetti every week. Oh, you eat spaghetti club? Yeah. Yeah, I love spaghetti club. So tell us about spaghetti club. Oh, interesting. So, and it's actually extra. I mean, it's kind of self explanatory, right? Well, with this, with this like specific podcast topic and everything, Mm -hmm. the idea of bringing together people and also being politically minded and you know a participant in your community um I actually started Spaghetti Club um just after the election uh last oh, what a January. fun time for all of us it was really fun and <laughs> you uh, are in a spot tonight <laughs> it's been a week <laughs> well and and that's a big part of what was going on is it was so hard and there was so much going on and it felt really isolating even though we were all going through something very similar mm-hmm. we were still like very separated from each other and i read that's an article was your son bear born like the night of the election, I just a realized month later, a month later, I was yeah. Very so pregnant. born into trauma and voted <laughs> for Hillary with me. Like that's what was so rough. We have some. Uh, he came out um, looking very that's grumpy. That's voter fraud <laughs> to let a fetus vote. <laughs> but, yeah. but you did have a social mm-hmm. disconnect that suddenly happened, as well as a political disconnect. So like it's a lot of things, and you really it was have a lot to come at once. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so my goal was to create something where people could come together and build community, make connections with people who are like-minded and differently minded and a place where all of us could come together and like be a part of something and feel included and feel present. And so we started spaghetti spaghetti club except me who's gluten intolerant well we also have gluten <laughs> you know, you've been options very, you've we been very inclusive edamame noodles and rice noodles you've, you've actually, been very inclusive oh, thank you. yeah so we we basically the premise of it is we are not going to clean our home for you <laughs> we like come uh, over we notice you don't have I'm to <laughs> you haven't been to spaghetti club yet it's fine oh well, i've been to your house um, though it's true yeah so i mean you also have a very premise. harry potter thing going on with a lot of like hanging like oh my god i hope do you still have that we do good yeah we, that was we on my 30th birthday in October. That, that's great. We went to Kinsey's house for dinner a few weeks, months. I don't know how time works ago. I spilled wine on myself. That's No one would have known if you hadn't said it out loud. It's you are podcast. wearing white, though. You have to spill on yourself when you're You've wearing white. You've spilled it on your best shirt, your dream daddy shirt. Help. What do I do? <laughs> Leave it. Terrence. Let it dry. What so, is Brock soda do? water? Yeah. You throw it in the Pop washing soda. machine right now. Are we pausing? No, no. Okay, no. we'll talk about spaghetti till yeah. Brock is back from the laundry. Oh, the Harry uh, Potter thing. Yeah, so. so we we showed up and there were, uh, like, their whole dining room was, de- was decorated like the Great Hall. Because my mm-hmm. husband surprised me for my 30th yeah. birthday. I knew we were having a get-together. I did not know. I had to leave the house. And I came back and the entire living room and dining room had been transformed into the Great Hall so of Harry Potter. So obviously you don't Hogwarts. take that down ever. No, and we're kind of letting gravity take its uh, toll on the candles themselves. <laughs> 
themselves. Mm-hmm. So like when the candles become too heavy for the fishing wire to keep <laughs> them from the ceiling, then that candle comes down. I think there will to become like a turning point where it's like, there are not enough candles here anymore. Right. It's time to take them down. <laughs> um, but There's no, it brings me left. so much joy. And actually, we have been turning the candles on just for like random dinners sometimes. Like it's just the family of three oh, of us. we didn't get the candles. I... <laughs> I'm kidding. We're fine. But also... Only turn not. them on for people who aren't cool. Right. Who can't supply their own... Coolness. Or, yeah. Cool mm-hmm. factor. Good. <clears throat> good save. <laughs> uh, well... So, oh my gosh, that's a really good sweater, Everyone needs to know that Brock left in a Dream Daddy shirt and came back in his winter sweater that has a T-Rex wearing the sweater that he is wearing, but his little arms don't fill out. It was what was in the laundry room, because I spilled white on this several months ago. I I haven't washed it yet. It's very meta. It's been in the laundry room forever, because I don't know how to wash it, so it's just clean again. This is our best episode yet. (laughs) I think it's a metaphor. (laughs) It's definitely a metaphor. A metaphor what? Laundry. (laughs) No? No. Should we start this whole thing over again? No. So, Kinsey, you, (laughs) how long ago did you move to Kansas City? Oh, that feels like a trick question, but it's probably a pretty simple answer. We moved here a year and a half ago. It's a trip question. A what? It's a trip question because it's about your trip trip to Kansas City. Trip? We're oh, doing, trick. We're doing trick, great trip. tonight. Oh, boy. I have not had enough wine <laughs> to get that joke. I'm going to work on that. Am I not um, saying it right? I feel like I'm explaining things wrong. What are you pointing to? The, the box of wine? Wine. Oh, the bottle. Gotcha. Kinsey's going to tell us about her trip question as uh-huh. I pour her more wine. Thank you. This is my favorite kind of way to be interviewed. Yeah. Um, we're doing amazing. So, I yeah, we moved here June of 2016. 2016. Uh, our goal was to be here by our nephew's first birthday, which we managed to slide in just just a couple days early. Um, and fun fact, we found out we were pregnant a week after moving here while we were <laughs> still staying in an Airbnb. Um, so it was like a super duper. Oh, how fun. Because now you have like a tie to that Airbnb forever. <laughs> which was the most weird airbnb experience i, I have ever in had in my entire life to do a home birth oh i would never <laughs> i would never home birth and be yeah uh, yeah oh my god home bnb <laughs> the new way to make extra money off yeah. of your property <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so yeah it was um a very intense transitional time we lived in savannah georgia before moving here my husband went to school there for the savannah college of art and design and he graduated, and we realized there weren't really the kinds of jobs there that he was looking for. Was kind Which of, is animation. Yeah, he does animation um, and and um, really cool, like, 3D video and graphic work. Um, and, you know, there's some jobs in Savannah, but it's a very saturated market. And we were like, let's go explore other places mm-hmm. in the world. And um, Kansas City was a really nice intersection of art and culture and technology and um, financial resources that were able to sustain both of us. could be our, our trademark. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in the best way. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. I mean, We have space for all. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anyone, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's our big problem with it. She always calls this the next Austin. And I'm like, 
But that means in a couple of years we're fucked. Yeah, like, you won't be able to drive anywhere or live anywhere. Yeah, but for now there's an appropriate amount of people for the infrastructure that exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it here, and it's such a charming place. We fell in love with it just by visiting our nephew, visiting family here. Um, I'd visited for three days on our honeymoon, and I was like, I could live there. Yeah, and that's why we're it's here now. So stinking yeah. cute, and mm-hmm. there's there's just like really good people here. I feel like that has been an overriding theme of our time here. Is everyone that I meet. Maybe I run hey, in certain circles, hey, though. Stop! The cat is fighting your microphone cable. No, no, the cat it's is a little the twist tie. Twist tie. I can help that cat out. The stop is for the cat, not for your stories. Uh oh. Your story, go. You go story. You introduce yourself as the empowerment photographer. So, what does that mean? Oh, I'm yeah. so glad you asked. <laughs> um, what, how insane would that have been if we invited you on and didn't talk about, about anything that I'm you sorry, do? What does that mean? <laughs> never talked about my like really big business. Yeah. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, What's yeah. your favorite book you've never read? Mm-hmm. Mine's Slaughterhouse Five. <laughs> oh, mine is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh. I've never read it, but I mine feel like I would get along with ev- it really well. Effective, seven Effective Habits of... Highly Effective <laughs> Yeah. Seven habits. I'm sure it's my favorite book. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're very efficient about yeah. reading it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Seven so, effective habits. <laughs> Could be. So, so tell tell everyone what you do with your empowering photography. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I run an almost exclusively boudoir photography business here in Kansas City. Um, I say almost exclusively because in addition to photographing people in their beautiful lingerie, mm-hmm. um, I also photograph some business headshots. Um, in and their lingerie. Brandy, but well, you know what? It's funny you say that, but it's basically business like... lingerie. Lingerie yeah. plus clothes. Like, it's basically... Like, headshots are basically... Boudoir photos plus more clothing. Yeah. (laughs) And it's nice because my goal is to make the person who's in front of my camera look and feel their absolute best. I want to show people the best photos they've ever seen of themselves and use those photos to tell a new story about themselves. Which I've almost never been on a headshot like shoot that made me feel good about myself as a person. Like I always go like, well, I'm doubly fat as what I think I am and I sweat too much uh, oh, and I don't look good in the sun. Shoots. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the thing, I've never though. had a nice one, so yeah. it's... <laughs> I think that's a big part of it is um, I think it's very easy as a photographer to get caught up in posing and light and making sure that the moment looks mm-hmm. right and will photograph prettily. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to really engage with your the person who's in front of your camera and to connect with them and bring out some of who they actually are mm-hmm. so that that can show up in the photo... I don't think that that is a super common trait among photographers. Yeah. So the fact that like there, the, there's no uh, bedside manner, I think, yeah. for a lot of photographers, yeah. and and like your focus is that almost more than the photography. And I actually say that that like empowerment is what I do, mm-hmm. connection is what I do. My camera is the tool that I currently use to do that. I will always, for the rest of my life, be an empowerer and a connector. Those are my two things. I, I connect with people and I make them feel amazing about themselves. My camera currently is the way that I'm able to translate that in a way that people can understand it and see it and and change and grow from it. That's awesome. So I've wanted to ask you, and I don't know if you can talk about it, how secret, I don't know, it sounded kind of secret going into it, uh, but you recently went on like an empowered women's like retreat in New York, right? Oh my gosh, I did. And we had, so we had dinner at your place 
like two days before you left for this. And then I really haven't talked to you since then. And so, certainly not about that. Yeah. yeah. So how was that? And that tell, was, so oh what, what, what was that and how was that? So I think part of the reason I didn't like explain it before going into it well, is you that were I really did not nervous really and excited. Yeah. I was. Mm-hmm. I, there, I had a lot of anticipation, but I also didn't really know what I was showing up for. Right. I got invited. Um, I'm part of a very intimate, beautiful, closed community on Facebook mm-hmm. of other, of, of like, entrepreneurs who are also moms mm-hmm. or are also parents mm-hmm. um and we have a, it's really a nice mix of like you know birth parents and non-gestational parents but like what brings us all together is that we are all dealing with two main things parenthood and entrepreneurship and that's a really interesting challenging mix yeah. <laughs> there's not a ton of support in our society um and our in our like financial structures in our country to and I mean like don't you just feel that. guilty all the time yeah. <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah that's exactly it I mean right you're, like, like you're just the goddamn I really am I'm sorry she, uh, the look on your face though when you said it you're just <laughs> like I am saying what all of America I'm is saying, saying I don't mean this that's the look right. in my eyes for yeah, everything no, it's, I ever it's say. a pretty like challenging territory to be on and territory on in around about of <laughs> just using all yeah. of my best propositions right now um and so what's cool about this community is that we all support each other we all get what each other you know what each other person is going through and we're able to lift each other up and support each other through that so we there was like a subgroup of us we were like how about we all just get together in new york city for a weekend we'll split the cost of the airbnb let's mastermind together let's get to know each other's lives and businesses and problems and successes as intimately as possible and build some really beautiful in-person connections. And so what happened on this weekend was I met up with some of the most powerful, passionate, creative entrepreneur mamas that I have ever met. I, I really got to connect on a really neat level with these people who are doing awesome stuff with their lives, both in their homes and um and out in their business worlds and I came what? away yeah oh no sorry no, go ahead what was the range of professions that were represented oh in my that, gosh in that, at that retreat oh man um so we had there was like a money mindset coach <laughs> um a woman who runs wait money mindset is that just like uh, like learning to be okay with making money which women my, especially how, have how trouble do you make doing. That your job? That sounds amazing. In my head, it's like a pickup artist, but, but for the financial for money. sector. Yeah, yeah, the bummer is, though, yeah. that like women are told over and over again that we are not allowed to make money or feel good about making money. Yeah. So it's so a real thing. Whatever you're, money you're you make, you spend. Nagged. Whatever it's, money you make, you spend on purses, right? Like, how do you, how right. else do you feel good about yourself? <laughs> right. Hmm. And then, and then if you have extra money, you hide it in all the purses. That's why we have so many. Vivian. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, I told everyone why women have so many purses. That's um, women in America. <laughs> yeah. All of to yes. hide our excess money, and so men don't get jealous. Yes, all women. Yeah. Yes, all women. Oh, I'm sorry for revealing our secrets. Okay, so who else was at the retreat? Oh, oh my God. Where she else, told a secret, where you else, tell a secret. Where oh. else can you hide money? Who else was there that shared their oh. secrets? Oh, yeah. I like this game. Okay. Um, you hide it in empowered lingerie. Right? I do spend all it of my money on lingerie. Yeah. No, like I actually spend all of yeah. my money on lingerie. 
I have a problem. <laughs> I torrid. Does, does just... it feed? Does it feed into that that you're like, oh, that's a nice piece of lingerie. I will have it now with the money that I made from doing this shoot that hides in my purses. Um, yes, basically. No, I, I mean... can't tell if you're fucking with me now because you're saying the things my wife says, Bra- which aren't true. Brock doesn't know any lingerie secrets because I work from home, so I don't own bras. Like, oh, <laughs> just, yeah. Good life. I've also never seen her naked. <laughs> no, nope. I just once. it's all yoga pants all the time. I never take them off. Mostly porg pajamas and a porg <laughs> pajama top that this, matches the porg bottoms. This, I wear them not together. Oh, it's, it's separate. It's the sexiest. Oh household. my! Yeah. So okay. So I actually want to hear about yeah. who else was there. <laughs> you, you're the only one that can cancel yourself out. Like, forget what I was doing. Forget my bit. Oh my god. Okay. So, uh, so yes. money, money mindset coach. There's a an amazing copywriter, um, someone who specializes in Facebook ad strategy. Someone who's running Traitor. a podcast <laughs> called Startup Pregnant, where she's looking to revolutionize the entire maternity leave and parental leave scene in oh, the cool. U.S. Just like Ivanka. I'm sorry. Um, I thought of yeah. I thought Ivanka was on that. I thought oh. she was representing us all. No, I'm, she, I'm, actually, she needs, I'm actually sad that we both did it. Yeah, she needs Sarah Peck, Peck in her uh, in her back pocket to make oh. some things actually move here. Um, gosh, I don't know. They're um, incredible business owners who are running multi six figure, seven figure businesses. Um, you, we you were a little like, intimidated yeah. by this. I think you were like, I don't know if I'm out of my league or. You know, so I have been really, like, yeah, I've been really like working through some self-imposed ceilings lately oh, in the yeah. last we couple of years. We all have imposter syndrome in this yeah. house and, it's and this world. Mine doesn't show up as imposter syndrome huh. as much because I, I feel very confident in what I do and how Good. I'm doing it. Um, I think where I'm running into a challenge is seeing okay, these people are working with X, Y, and Z clients who I've heard of before, and I'm not quite at that level right. yet. I'm not working with people who like other people know. Like a name recognition or, thing? Yeah, name recognition, or like I haven't hit the seven-figure mark in my business, right. or I haven't, I don't know, like I think just like on paper, it's challenging to, um, I don't know, I think put yourself up against anyone else because no one else is doing what you're doing in the way you're doing it. And so to run into these these women who I'm like, wow, they're running badass businesses that's so cool to be yeah. around them, but it's also there, there is kind of a a moment where you pause and go, okay, but am I going to add to this group? Yeah, or, you know, and, are they going to be lifting this, me up and like, not quickly? But you you'd also uh, around the time of birth uh, kind of bailed on a business that you were a part of too. Which was the right call, but like not I, bailed. I, yeah, bailed's like kind of a strong word. Bailed, but, bailed yeah, strong, term, but like yeah. you, you, you had you your left finger a in, business. You had your I finger did. in more pots, and like you yeah. pulled out. And I understand that that's difficult, especially around people that seem to be involved in everything all of the time and making it work. Well, but I mean, I'm sorry. We're <laughs> we want you to answer, but to me, it sounds <laughs> like it sounds like something really healthy that like right. we. We and a lot of people that we know, especially on the internet, deal with imposter syndrome. So it's actually really great to hear you say that that's not it. That yours seems to be more like numbers and fact based. Of like, yeah, not, oh, okay. it's it more like like I'm a local business and they're big business and like that sort of thing, rather than like, oh, I'm not where they are. I'm never going to be where they are. Where that's sort of the world right. that we exist or, in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think to some extent, I've always been able to see my path in a very clear way. Of like, this is where. I'm at now this is where I could be in a year this is where I could be in three years or five years or maybe this is my 10 15 year goal um but I'm currently right here yeah and seeing that some of the women like along my my plot but but what was so interesting is I'm also very capable like despite Mm -hmm. some of that going on in my brain I am so capable this is the thing I love about myself of showing up in a group 
and being all the way myself mm-hmm. and not worrying about who I'm interacting with or feeling um kind of like I've I've seen it happen in in groups like this where someone someone is like in awe of the person who they're talking right. to or like like fangirling or whatever and yeah. and I've always just felt like well that person's doing really cool shit but they're also like a normal person yeah and they probably do some weird stuff like I do and like <laughs> they probably pick their nose sometimes mm-hmm. and they like I don't know I'm good at humanizing people yeah. and I think that's part that comes into my empowerment photography where I can connect with anyone who's in front of my camera so I get the chance to do that in a group setting like this I'm like yeah I can I can totally show up and and um not hold myself back from from really being present with these amazing women who I was there with um I think one of the coolest things about this mastermind weekend is that all of us realized that every single person has something huge and powerful to bring to the table if you're willing to show up yeah and you know, keep showing up, keep pushing, keep connecting with people because you never know what's going to move you forward or inspire the next big thought or make something, you know, create some synapses in your brain. Like it's so cool if you really lean into these new challenges and these new opportunities and these settings, big stuff can happen from them. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's really cool to hear because I think, I think that Brock and I know as well as most like the the mental gymnastics that sometimes you have to go through to because that that is what you just said is where everyone should be operating at but I think that Brock and I know as well as as many that like sometimes your own brain gets in your way and imposter syndrome is a very real thing and you know feeling inadequate and like like okay well I've set these goals for myself and I'm not worth interacting with people that Mm. I admire until I hit these arbitrary goals I set for myself and it is it's really cool to see you who like we saw you two days before you left and you were feeling really nervous and you were feeling like you weren't at that level and the fact that you went anyway and you came back and now you're saying these things like it's not to it's not to like undermine anyone that you know is feeling fear around like taking that step in their careers or anything because I know I know what it can take to just get over yourself and your own issues but the fact that you I heard you express these issues and then you still went and now you're coming back with this mentality. Like, it's just, it's very cool to hear. It is seconded for me and we've talked about this uh, last episode on the podcast (laughs) in a different way. But uh, I think Viv and I have both entered into this phase where like, when an event gets canceled or we have an excuse to not show up for a thing. Oh my God, we're so grateful we're that we so have to go. That, I like love our, when people our, cancel. Our, yeah, our, I can our feel our so good about myself. Over yeah. just like even two other people and be and like, then, we don't well, have to leave. And then you can tell yourself different. like, oh, I was going to go and that was going to change my life. That event, if only I could have gone, <laughs> that was really my, my thing. That was going to be my turning point. <laughs> okay, so our last episode... Uh, <laughs> Starts with thirty minutes of Viv being I mean, super fucking sad. It wasn't sad. thirty. I tuned it into was a bits few. and pieces of yeah. that. Yeah, I got, yeah, like I was very honest about. It, it was about not being oh. able to show up for an event and and do the political thing. That we and came out here and for. how like actual actual circumstances got in the way, right. but but I was glad. Like I so, was looking for circumstances to get in the way, and then they were there. And oh man, that would have changed <laughs> my life if I had just gone. Mm-hmm. So, I, I hadn't known how much she was holding that inside until we did the episode. And I was like, oh, shit, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it was it, it's a very cool thing. And please go listen to it. But so this week I got back into town and uh, there was a brunch for Democrats in Kansas City uh, at 830 in the morning in Olathe, which is about 30 minutes away from us. And uh, it was like 
do we need really need to drive to Olathe at 8.30 in the morning Ooh. to go to a buffet at a Mexican restaurant to hear some bay talk? And I was Actually, like, a, yeah, a, a we fucking are. Because we're going to yeah. go, we're going to go participate, and we're not going to have any weird Turns out they were streaming it on Facebook anyway, so, but. They were streaming on Facebook, but we got there, and they also, uh, we were a little bit late. And there well, was. It started at 8.30, and we were like, the one speaker can't possibly actually start at 8.30. It has to be like a mingling thing. And then she'll start at 9, 9.30. But no. Apparently, Democrats are super fucking punctual pre 9 a.m. Goals. So yeah. we, got, we got there, and the room was full. So we had to stand outside the room, sort of huddled over a trash can that people were trying to use. And, and in point, between the kitchen and the room. So, like, the, the, the restaurant was closed, but the kitchen staff was still at full volume. Because they were getting ready for their day to start when the when the restaurant actually goddamn opened. Yeah. So, like, it was the least rewarding thing, except for the fact that we And we drove we half actually, an hour and at 8 a.m. We took oh, separate cars so you could go shopping in a little later. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was going to go run, uh, oh, it was our Oscar party errands, like, you just say I'm gonna go shopping, but like I was gonna run Oscar party errands because you, you had to shopping. you had to shoot a, pod, a podcast thing. <laughs> I yeah, had to shoot a podcast. Wait, can I can shoot I break in here? You guys yeah, threw a no, really good arguing. Oscar party. What? Oh, you thank threw you. a really good Oscar party. Your puns <laughs> I, were delicious. I, did, I had to go shopping for puns. <laughs> the so best it, kind it, of shopping trip ever. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like an important thing to tie in that we we showed up. We actually did the thing because we have convinced ourselves to not do that. And to overcome the things, including like the night before, it's like, are we really going to wake up at eight in the morning? It's like, and it we was, are, because we're going to go, because I don't want that sadness to be inside either well, of us, and all, it fucked us. Yeah. <laughs> also, it was a bust, and I have to admit, I was kind of glad it was a bust, that I didn't have to talk to anyone, but <laughs> but they, like just going out and taking the first step was really important, and you're now interviewing that congressional candidate this week. Like, You took another step to actually do the thing that this... This event didn't give you right. like, Ooh, but can I, I, can I, I just got, I just got out of the house, and you were actually turning into an interview. So, it's a good, it's a good first step. Throw, You're raising, yes, Kinsey, I, raising I'm your a, hand. I, raise my hand. <laughs> I can't, I do this. What would you like to contribute? Do, when I've been doing, I raise my hand to talk. Kinsey has a one-year-old, so I assume who who is I learning do. sign language. Oh they, I've learned that Bear pressed gest- every button on our PlayStation. Some of the <laughs> gestures that I make at Bear translate to weird things Sweet. like milk. <laughs> I make weird grabby hands gestures Vivian, all the time. Vivian I shouldn't like, do that around a one-year-old. Bear and it's like, oh, Bear, come I'm over like, here. Bear, come here. I'm doing like, this cute oh, little that, hand clenching That means thing. he's going to latch. He's like, well, walk in hot milk. Um, no, I just, here's, here's a thought that I have about, because I also have trouble showing up, especially for things that I feel like I should go to and don't. Well, if it's not going to be 100% satisfying for all of your dreams and goals, why do you even show up? So here's what I'm realizing. How are you married to me? (laughs) (laughs) Baby, you're all of my dreams and goals. Baby. You're at least 99.8% of her, all of her dreams and goals. Kinsey. (laughs) Baby. Kinsey baby. Oh, Kinsey wow. baby. Here's my thought. <laughs> so what were you if saying? If you show up and you have an experience like that where you can't, there's not enough space or you get turned away or you're too then late or you whatever. Leave. Well, sure. No. But then, <laughs> yes, of course. Stop, stop finishing course. what she's doing. Oh my God. We don't, we, would... we don't need you to guess. We're sort of mad living our way. Okay. All this, of my is, actions. I, this is karma because yeah. I'm a sentence finisher for everyone. <laughs> Um, no, I just want you to justify everything well, that no, I here's, end up No, here's doing. my thought on that. If you go to more of them, then the one-off like that that doesn't go well is just a blip on the radar, as opposed to being your entire political makeup yeah. of 2018. What yeah. year is it? I almost said 2007. I was very confused. 
And I mean, that's that's all. I mean, that's what I was driving out of. Like, Brock turned this into a really great work experience. Mm-hmm. I got out of the house and did a thing. And like, wait, high five! Is that going to show up you. on camera? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think everyone heard. Uh, so like, no cabin fever on Saturdays. <laughs> we all like we all have our goals and our steps, and like, I think that a big reason why the thing that I got so emotional about in our last episode, a big reason why I got so emotional over that was because I had built that up as the thing I needed to do, mm-hmm. and we, you know, it was the night before we went to this Democrat thing in Olathe, and. I was like, we were talking about like, what time do we set our alarms for tomorrow? And I was like, well, to be honest, what are the odds that we even care about going to this? And Brock was like, you had a meltdown the last time you didn't go to a thing, so we're going to this. And I was trying to tell him like, that thing was incredibly important to me. This thing is a thing. But if you don't do the The things, (laughs) then then the, the ones that you really, really care about are... They carry too much weight. Yes, and that, exactly, exactly. That thing that I lost my mind over not going to uh, in St. Louis that I talked about last time on the podcast, it carried way too much weight. And I'm sh- I don't even know how it went. I haven't looked up anything <laughs> about how it went. Right. Well, it's because uh, it's not the the actual thing that mattered. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, maybe it was. Maybe it would have been everything I hoped it would be. But. It wasn't, even if it was everything I hoped it would be, it it, it wasn't, like, the one thing that was going to make me politically active in Missouri. Like, I, I need to just start going to things like this, showing up for people talking, people doing things. Brock interviews people, which I don't really do, again, because I have a lot of anxiety over talking to people. But, like, the more you talk to people, the more you go out and do things. And by you, I mean you. Or me. Like, basically, I mean me, but I say you because I assume other people also connect to that. Like, the more things that I go to and, like, people I talk to and things I do and, you know, events I attend, then, like, the ones that I really care about are, I don't know, they're still as important to me, but I've at least, like, built up a staircase of importance (laughs) leading to that. And how cool is it if you have... A lot of things that you've gone to in a month, but then there's like a few standout ones and being like, oh man, that one was good. Yeah. As opposed it's, to like, that was the one thing that I went to and it carries all of the weight. Exactly. And, you know, it's nice if you can like distribute the, it's like high heeled shoes, right? <laughs> That's a lot of pressure on a tiny if little If you point. just stand onto a six inch stiletto, <laughs> like, but if you have 17 it might break your legs ankle. Yeah. and wear 17 <laughs> shoes, then the Sure won't be as exactly. Much. I think oh, that's how it goes. Uh, as as opposed to like that breaking my ankle so I can't go out that night or ever again. You're looking like, for excuses again, Vivian. Exactly. <laughs> my, also, my I don't like heels. Of, <laughs> of this was that like we couldn't hear this uh, woman running for Congress speak, so we went out to breakfast somewhere else. And Viv googled her. Uh, her name is Sharice Davids, and I'm interviewing her this week. And uh, she is running to be the first Native American yeah, We learned so much about her Googling her from this diner after we left her event. <laughs> she wants to be the first Native American Congresswoman be- Because, ever. I'm sorry, because it is disgusting that we have not had a Native American Congressperson true. ever. She, that's, she was a White House gross. fellow, but she was also an MMA fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. No. So I was just like, well, if somebody was going to win Kansas, we have to interview the her. Native American MMA fighter with like this fucking incredible political resume like yeah with a leftist leaning i was like this she was white is... house fellow in what the transportation 
department. Yeah, in 2014. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about, but mostly just like, so you've beaten up men before. Come beat up men yeah. for government in Kansas yeah. right now. Like, I think that's please. what you have to do if yeah. you're going to be part of the political landscape right now. You have to be willing to like beat up older white men. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. Sign me up. Is that was that a tweetable? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come here, Greitens. <laughs> well, that's exhausting. Uh, so, so Viv, 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 Viv has uh, some of this imposter syndrome thing, and I, I no. have to. Yes, you do. No one has ever had that. <laughs> uh, I started a podcast recently with uh, with a guy uh, that I didn't really know uh, named Jordan, uh, and we realized in our first test episode that we're both the sort of guys that have like we wake up every morning and write a to do list of like ninety things like people with bipolar will do, uh, and then we finish like four of them, hate ourselves for the rest of the day, and wake up the next morning and write ninety more things. But also, we put that off onto our partners as well. Like no. he has a partner that's very good at like art, and like he pushes her to do a lot of art, and she had to like a few years ago be like, "You have to fucking stop." <laughs> and I was like. I've done that with Viv. We we had to figure that out early in the relationship. Oh, Brock, who tries to make lists for my careers at 3 a.m. after a box of wine. Oh, I have a plan to make a better <laughs> Zeppelin. A thing I said to her in a bipolar state once before we had figured out that I was bipolar. And I was like, oh, okay. My my better Zeppelin plan was that probably was, a dead giveaway. That was, that was at like 11 a.m. one day. Brock was telling me about a dream he had the night before where he invented a new style of blimp that was going to change the world. And I was like, that's a fun dream. And he's like, I'll be in the bedroom for the rest of the day just making <laughs> she, blueprints. She <laughs> nodded and went along with it at the time. We, and then we it was like a year it. before before he was diagnosed as bipolar and that was a fun year but i bet I you look you. back at some certain situations and we're like uh-huh like the like the zeppelin blueprints like the zeppelin yeah blueprints. like that <laughs> i mean brock i bet what you if a zeppelin was led i don't know where these ideas are but coming also from. i'm an assassin on on the zeppelin hey guys i think your cat likes me yeah <laughs> cat's on the podcast now um so we should. I don't know when this is going to come out because mm-hmm. that's always a fun surprise. Um, I I just say words and then Brock and Terrence take care of that. But so this is the day after the Oscars. Uh-huh. So we, I don't know. We had a fun Oscar party and we had a lot of puns. But I wanted to talk today, at least very briefly, at least touching on mentioning our senator Claire McCaskill's tweet God from Christ. her Oscar party. I feel like what did she write? Wait, give me a recap. I didn't see it. Well, so 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 many things. She she and her family had what looked like a very fun costume driven Oscar party, but she dressed as uh, Sheriff Willoughby from Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which any it's a joke around my workplace that like has anyone actually seen that movie? Does that movie exist? And we have seen it. But I think that you can probably add Claire McCaskill to the audience that hasn't seen it. Because if you have, then you know the plot and you don't want to, as a public figure, a leader in in our government, you probably don't want to dress as the ineffectual public figure leader Uh that hires racists and homophobes and that that is the entire plot of the movie i was talking to peter about this earlier tonight Mm -hmm. uh and uh there is peter a a friend of ours that's staying with us there Mm -hmm. is a comedy club in kansas city called sanford's the guy that runs it uses the sanford's account to constantly defend louis ck 
Mm. Yeah, that's a fun guy. Isn't that the one that was a recently guy, like, a, like a shot? There, there was, was a shooting, a shooting there, there at yeah. 6.30 in the morning. Why were there people at a bar there at 6.30 in the morning? It's fine. I think you know. Yeah. Why. <laughs> that bar has a history. <laughs> so like Sanford's, uh, the guy's always sticking up for Louis C.K. But on his show, Louis, there is a part in that in the second season where uh, he gets a he gets a call from his manager and you hear it in like peanut style. Wah, 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 wah. And then the only thing that you can make out from the call is, and then a weekend at Sanford's, and he goes, fuck no, on the show. So oh, he, I miss on that. his show, called out this club for being a shitty club. But they heard their name, and to them that means that, like, Louis C.K. loves them. It's the same thing with Claire McCaskill being like, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's about Missouri. Missouri's Missouri. in the name. It must be good. And it's like, no, just because it's there doesn't mean. And also, they shot it in Georgia. Maybe yeah. be mm-hmm. mad that they shot Missouri in Georgia and it doesn't well, look anything like fucking Missouri. As like, a former Savannah resident, I can tell you that Georgia has significant tax breaks. They do, for but a lot of film their movies there. A lot of places, a lot of producers and showrunners are going to pull out with the anti yes LGBTQ, LGBTQ uh, policy. Yeah, yeah that's I'm, about to pass. I'm sorry. Did we just did passed. we cover what Claire McCaskill dressed as? She yeah, uh, Sheriff as Willoughby. Sheriff. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was a great costume. Not. Not a great uh, inspiration. Not a great one. So uh, we had this conversation uh, privately before, and I'd, I'd like to rehash it again. Because you moved here from Savannah, where you were yes. doing boudoir photography. Yes. And uh, you were pitched to me originally from our mutual friend as doing like LGBTQ wedding and, and boudoir, boudoir stuff. Uh, and my, my biggest question for you was not so much the LGBTQ side of it, but rather that like, Kansas and Missouri seem like very fucking sheltered places. And I was like, how do you find people to do boudoir stuff here? And I, I find your answer very interesting. Uh-oh. What did I answer before? What well, did I'm a very you say? Before, sort of person. before you said that, like, there was, it's a mix of people that, like, have no oh. money to do this. And oh, it's very yeah. interesting. Or That's people Savannah. that come Savannah, from yeah. infinity money. Okay. So, yes. And Savannah. that, well, but that has less to do with the, the queer element as, like, just the culture of it in yeah. general, yes. right? Can I just start talking about something and it'll maybe apply? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Cool. Well, well, can I, 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 I want to guess that, like, because you did say that, that it was, like, very, like, queer friendly empowerment but then when I met you like and you talked about your business that wasn't necessarily like the focus a, a, or the something. focus of it is it just that like maybe that isn't the focus of many other similar businesses in these areas okay so as far as the LGBTQ side of things goes um yeah I talk about actually, all of that yeah okay all of it in one sentence yeah go um hmm I, I don't okay. hate people, and actually, you can sell yourself More on wine. that at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, I like your style, Vivian. Okay. It's a podcast. No one would have known if you didn't say anything. <laughs> I, well, I feel like that's part of like the joy of this experience is indulging. We'll get you a new in home. company <laughs> and such. An um, empowered Uber. Yeah. <laughs> empowered Uber. So, in okay. Uber. So, uh, whoa. Sorry, <laughs> I was really hoping no one heard the words that came out of my mouth. Yeah. The podcast. You said it into the microphone. <laughs> So I have always been a very, um, like as a business owner, I've always been very, I will move where the direction of my business pulls me. So I've, I've kind of let things evolve organically. And boudoir is a very good example of that, where I photographed a lot of 
everybody like i photographed everybody within, am i everybody, right everybody <laughs> um within the first two weeks of trying out my oh thumbs down from brock again Whoa. no one would have known if you didn't say it out loud brock oh, was I, just negging me no nah, the energy quietly. was there um, <laughs> a quiet negging is a the si- name of my book of poetry s- silent negging i won't watch silent hill movies but i live with Thank this you. yeah <laughs> Oh my god, you guys! You're very cute. <laughs> Sorry, so, so you, so you're um, silent nagging. You were saying so yeah. silent. Nag- yes, yeah, so uh, in Savannah. Why would you watch Silent Hill movies? <laughs> John Snow's in the second one. Kenzie, you were saying One Tree Hill. Is that what you were talking about? Yes, we are. Okay, <laughs> I think with murder. <laughs> yes, so uh, in Savannah, mm-hmm. I decided. Oh, what if I get into uh, couples boudoir, and it just happens that like. I don't know. This is just part of my life is that I really value surrounding myself or like being a part of the queer community. And um, so in Savannah, I think that was just like part of my natural friend group there. And so when I reached out and said, hey, I need some couples to pose for me, it happened to be that all of the couples who who came forward were queer and uh, either like same sex or trans or um, just like non like cis male cis female couples Mm -hmm. and so and then I think when you start putting something out there you know like attracts like or maybe even a better way of saying it is um show what you want to shoot show what you want to do with your life like you know if you put something out there and this is what you want to be working with then people who see that are going to resonate with your work or are going to be super you know repelled yeah. by your work and so they're either going to come towards you or, or go away from you and so I think yeah. I, I ended up um pulling in a lot of the queer community in Savannah partially because I am an awesome photographer and people want to look great but I think on top of that queer people saw that they had a safe space in me where they they could show up and they would know that their love is not judged that they are accepted exactly as they are that their sexuality that their relationship that their existence is not only not judged but celebrated within me as a boudoir photographer and I think people want to feel that way what yeah. a concept right like people want to feel accepted they want so to feel so many answers loved. you've given tonight are like is it is it weird that people want to feel good no, right I, but I think I, that's my entire business yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you acknowledge that you probably drove some people away. Because oh, absolutely, I did. <laughs> yeah, there are well, there is a large demographic of people that I do not want to photograph, and it is not well, because of anything specific about them, no. but it's because like their energy does not line up with the energy of my business. Yeah, and I do my best work when we are connected and when we're feeling like things are going in the right direction. Yeah. and it what it sounds like is that anyone that you drove away was driven away not because they felt excluded, but because of who you included and we mm-hmm. we talk a lot like I don't know in my line of business and our line of business like a lot of stories come up about you know I don't know comedy shows for example that only have men on the docket or websites that only have like cis white male straight writers and this happens over and over and over again where where those groups will get some pushback or they will want to expand, like whether it's from the outside or the inside. Mm. And they'll be like, I don't know, we put a call out saying like, you know, we want diversity and no one applies. So that means no one wants to work here when like they don't acknowledge that what they've done before 
uh, sets a creating, precedent for who feels welcome. It's not creating it, a hospitable exactly. environment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You say like, hey, black people, come over here. We'll, we'll give you jobs. But like, I don't know, maybe they'll come for a paycheck, but they don't feel included in what you're doing. Women don't feel included. Trans people don't feel included. They feel tokenized when you make a call Absolutely. for this. And they don't feel like they will be a part of your community. And they don't feel like they will get recurring paychecks or set a precedent for what your site does or your club does or whatever and the fact that like you if you suddenly put a call out being like hey bigoted white folk like come (laughs) get your pictures taken like that's basically yeah it's like you've set a precedent for uh not inclusive space yeah and not not having the values that those like those very close-minded people want because what it is is I don't know what I see it as is is those people that think that by just like not not necessarily making an effort to include people that aren't like visually and like-mindedly like the the founders of any given company that they feel like they are just setting a neutral tone for like their internet site their club whatever they're doing and that that usually like if you're setting a neutral tone it's incredibly exclusionary and it sounds like what you're doing is setting a neutral tone in a way that actually really is open to a lot of people and that whether it's been luck that you stumbled into this clientele that is incredibly diverse in all sorts of way, it sounds like, whether that's luck or actually like the relationships you fostered, which honestly, it sounds like that, that, that go, it's like, I don't know, it's almost like generational. Like, you know, you have friends that you include in your business and they have friends and they have friends and all of this sets a precedent and it's just, it, I'm just so tired of people that think that by them not doing anything, it means that their work is universal well, and totally inclusionary exactly, when it's the opposite That of was it. exactly what I was going I to mean, say. I mean, I don't, I'm sorry, I, I have to say, like, it sounds like I'm fucking patting all of us on the back. Uh, we are three, we are three cis, like, cis white, white people. people sitting in a room patting ourselves on the back for being inclusionary. And I, and I, I, no, 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 I, no, I have to call us out. I have to call me out for doing that, but... The fact that people feel welcome in your business when you have just sort of, it sounds like, set a universal tone is is very different from a lot of the people that we see that do the same thing. So, so I really appreciate mm-hmm. that you're saying that and specifically that you're calling it out because I when think no one's a, perfect, no one's great. Zone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I'm actually, sorry, you've done all the work. Everyone's great and everything well, else I is anyone else's problem. To yeah. say that I have spent, I, I actually feel feel like I am not doing the best work that I can on that front and I've been making a very concentrated effort over the last couple years to become a more inclusive and not just diverse brand um I want oh that's a really that's a really great point I'm sorry to interrupt you but that's a really great point that there is like just how there was sort of an evolution between like before like well it used to be uh tolerance and now it's acceptance and there's a really big difference between uh like acceptance there's a really big difference between diversity and inclusion Inclusion. absolutely and I think I mean the difference is like it's I think it's tokenizing versus actual genuine representation I'm diverse I have Um, one of everything I'm doing fine yeah (laughs) yeah and that's that's not great (laughs) well that's I mean that's kind of diversity I don't want to like get too businessy here but um, we're within not that (laughs) photography world I very often see shout outs for 
hey, I'm doing a model call. I would like to feature a couple of color yeah. or blah, blah, blah. And, and like, it's just one. That is right? like specifically mm-hmm. asking yeah. for someone to be willing to be tokenized. And, and I have it, to say, like, it is yeah. not the job of the marginalized and oppressed groups in our society to do the work to educate and show up for the people who are cis, white, straight you know like able-bodied that's not their job but I will say that I am enormously grateful for the people who are willing to educate who are willing to show up who are willing to be a representation of diversity to hopefully make some change start to happen in our society yes It, it they I mean there is a huge uh there's a huge problem with tokenization where with any group and I mean even as a even as a white cis straight mostly straight female sorry Brock mostly straight female like even for me I see the difference between tokenization and real inclusion when it's like you get we need you once we need you yeah. once and then we are diverse and that is very very different than feeling a part of a community and if even i feel that then that's a fucking problem and it's Vince, Vince to- called out a group that i write with uh for a project right. uh that uh we delayed one of my projects for a year because they were like we want to find voices and that's then they we couldn't want. and so i guess there are no voices out there we sorry black voices. Yeah. we want to find trans voices we want to find these groups uh and they didn't so my project went ahead uh, and Viv's first question was like well where did they put up posts if you only put up people? tweets in your own like, yeah it, it just in your own fucking circle and you're like, a thousand oh, followers like, like they had, they're like your thousand of, followers they had yeah. all the yeah. best intention style, but like not to be too crude yeah like, a, yeah a you couldn't find people there and b uh the Who thing that asking? i ran into was that like uh people would be like well what does it pay i was like not enough to sustain well, you for the Well, pay is of a only one thing. <laughs> yeah. But like if you're sending out tweets in your network, but right. you haven't made the effort to include people that aren't in your own natural right. network okay, because it's so really, yeah, that's this, this yeah. exactly is what I was starting to talk about about like doing a model call for yeah. people of color or for queer couples or something and Cool, we need you once and then goodbye. And, and <laughs> so the the subtext of that is I am reaching outside of my own world, which is straight, white, heteronormative. I'm so great. I want someone <laughs> who is outside of that to come into my circle. And Thank and me. <laughs> there was a beautiful post that someone said. Am I allowed to swear? Yes. No, we great. have children listening. Oh, my God. No, it's only Bear. You're okay, a child. You're one-year-old. Yeah. Um, the, so someone said, "What? how do I phrase this model call so that I can – like get representation in my portfolio. And they were coming from a very earnest, right? like humble space. But this was like a cis white straight person mm-hmm. asking, able-bodied person who was asking for like, I don't know, I think it was a queer couple or a, a black couple or something. And a black woman commented on the post and she said, do not post this. <laughs> Instead of posting that, how about you get to know some fucking people of color? Yeah. Go out, As volunteer, <laughs> become friends with people, meet people at a church, at a social Everyone function. Everyone like, works this within their own network. Get out into your world, yeah. diversify your world, yeah. and then begin to become more inclusive. Don't, don't be That's, Facebook inclusive. So Go, and, go meet some actual and fucking I, people. I had to, like, I read that post, and I, like, real talk, I had to have an honest look with my at my own life, and it's interesting because in Savannah, I had a... a 
We've had this talk like a before. Great, a great, like, friend group. And I looked at the group and I'm like, okay, yeah, there's, like, queer people and there's people, I don't know, the white person checklist, I guess you could call it. Yeah, but I have one, I have I one, I have one, I have one. I'm great. I list yeah. of people in, in Kansas City and it's very white and it's fairly straight and it's definitely very able-bodied and, um, you know, generally speaking, fairly, like, middle-class upper middle class maybe even and to to take a step back and look more honestly at my life and go okay I'm not showing up in the spaces that I believe in yeah that's a problem like that is that's on me that's not on people who aren't you know I mean hypothetically responding to my model calls or who are not you know deciding that they're willing to show up for me Mm -hmm. it's not it's not their job so how can I show up in more spaces where I am actually getting a chance to like be a part of the, the the actual world and not just this like sheltered private world that I'm I've accidentally yeah signed up for which is coming from a place of privilege so um, I don't know there's a lot of work to do there's man. a lot <laughs> so last night when we're recording this last night's Oscars uh, Frances McDormand had a really great speech where she ended it with she said like two words. Uh, inclusion writer and immediately twitter was like googling what inclusion writer meant and basically what it is is like as a star as a hollywood star a big player a director producer whatever you can put a clause in your contract that demands a certain percentage of whatever you want which she did on on three yeah uh can demand a certain inclusion of People of color, queer people, women, whatever you want, inclusion writer, and below the line, wherever you want, because, uh, well, I don't know. There are just endless studies of like the the number of people, women, people of color, uh, anyone that gets that gets included in a film, and like it's shown that like when there is a female director, there are more women in leading roles, mm-hmm. in speaking roles, in supporting oh, roles. Yeah. Well, no, I mean it's yeah. everything. Um and, but that it it starts at the top. That, you know, there's not great like female representation, uh, queer representation, trans representation. There's no great representation below the line or in like extras. If if it doesn't Have start, a gay if, it, AD. if it doesn't start at the top, like the those groups, like no groups get represented below the line. If there's not someone above the line in charge, right. uh, looking out for them, and so the the idea of an inclusion writer is that anyone above the line any stars anyone can set can set a, an inclusion clause for for people to be included in all positions across all lines hmm. uh on a film and j- just the idea that uh i don't know just what you what you were talking about of like what we've been talking about about like their their I don't know. I'm sorry. There's a cat running across me. I'm very distracted. distracted. Right. Uh, Just it's inclusion by so many people is thought of as tokenization, basically of like, I got one. I did it once. I reached out once. Yeah. It's not inclusion. It's diversity. Yeah. I reached out. I wanted, I wanted to shoot a black couple and therefore I am doing my part. I am woke. I am doing everything. So I'm curious if on the show is, is, is a friend of mine, Terrence, who is black and, uh, Viv and Terrence often run into the same issues mm-hmm. where it's like uh, uh, this white feminism thing. 
is also the black experience, but we just need to change some pronouns or get the thing in place because everyone's in that place, uh, and we're all trying to fight for the same things, and it has the same solutions, uh, which is fucking yeah. But where 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 it starts is like I don't know. I guess I guess what I was getting at, I got a little muddled. I guess what I was getting at was that. Um, this is where I got bogged down because I, I was thinking about it and then I ignored it because I hate thinking about this shit that I encounter all day, every day in my job is that I, the comment sections on everything on the internet are don't, the fucking You don't worst. read the comments, Viv. No, but I have to for my job and oh. I hate it. And uh, She actually does. It's there, a there are that that's why like the worst job. That's why I got muddled because I blocked this out of my brain of the exact thing I wanted to talk about is that there are... So many people, whenever this kind of thing gets, gets brought up, the the people, like if you were playing a drinking game, you would die immediately <laughs> of the people that respond to these kinds of things with like, but that's just racism because it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care who's behind the camera as long as they're talented. It's like, that is accepting that access to that job is equal across all lanes. And mm, you not. have to be a really ignorant motherfucker to actually think that that's the way the world works. But I've most, never heard you say the word people, motherfucker before. Really? Oh, <laughs> I usually just marriage. say it inside my head. <laughs> most people are ignorant motherfuckers. Yeah, and I see them Kinsey, on the internet. I see them on the internet all I, the time. Uh, just the, the, the expectation that access to these lanes is equal uh, for everyone is just... I, like I just can't. Dialogue. I just can't talk to those people anymore. Yeah. If you if you haven't taken the time to listen, it's not even to educate yourself, because like you said, it is no one's job to educate anyone else about their own personal experience. But we have to be as as people in the world that cannot possibly know someone else's experience without them taking the time to explain it to us. We have to be grateful for those that do the emotional labor it of is that. Also up to us as it, privileged people it is, to create a yes. hospitable environment <laughs> exactly. for people to be willing to talk. It, so that if they are able to talk, if they are willing to talk, we are there to listen and to process and I mean, because because like just listening is not enough. Yes. Being like, oh yes, I hear you. <laughs> Go on about your life. No process. Learn. Well, well, the I hear you. What that usually takes the form of is, I will hear you if you make me listen. Or like white splaining. Exactly. Yeah. So like it it is not up to anyone to explain things to us. It is up to everyone to do the emotional labor of of learning about experiences that are not your own, but at the very least, you should be willing to listen when people actually take the time to explain to you. But so many people don't even do that. They, they put up walls and are so defensive and say like, well, it's your job to explain to me and to like jump over the walls that I have set mm -hmm. up because I don't want to listen to you, even though I am forcing you to explain. I think, though, like, just in general as a society, and I, 
I have to make a caveat here. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Or an aside, I guess. A I cat feel like cat fiat. There's I a feel cat like on me. Kind it's of uncomfortable having this conversation as three white people. I know. It is. I'm, yeah. I'm actually, to be honest with you, I'm kind of struggling with this because I feel like it's not our place to like be deciding these things. No, I. But I do think that like what I'm taking away from this is we need to do a better job of listening, <laughs> a better job of showing up. Uh-huh. And a better job of creating spaces that are safe and inclusive. And, like, I think beyond that, I don't feel like I am an expert to, like, talk about some of this stuff. Because And it's that's not why my we're, we're okay. Because yeah. we're all just saying, like, that's the limit of what we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we will I not think, go further than that. No, I, I, that. I, I, do, yeah. I do want to say, not again, I'm sorry, this is going to sound like patting ourselves on the back. It's absolutely not that. Like, our, I feel very good about how inclusive our podcast history has been. This is one of You're just, our first white person. No, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, like, no, but, like, you are... It is very rare that it has just been three white people on our podcast, and that is yeah. not to pat ourselves on the back. It's I, I only. It's well, I think just, that's a concentrated effort, though. The well, the I think that uh, this has been the subject of conversation because the Oscars were yesterday, so we have a lot of things to talk about. So yeah. this, that's I don't know. Now I feel like so an interesting thing. Uh, just that, like there, there are issues of race that yeah. we think about and talk about all the time, and it is. I I agree with you that I don't like having this conversation with only three <laughs> cis white, mostly straight people on the podcast. But that like Accurate. this this was a really weird weekend for uh, well, for I these will, issues. I also feel but like yeah. all three of us are people that know when to. Shut the fuck up. So this is the end of the podcast. This has been fun. Uh, so at the end of the podcast, we let people give pop culture recommendations. Uh, you oh. can find me on Twitter at Brock Wilbur. Uh, my pop culture recommendations for this week are as follows. Uh, Icarus won for best documentary. Yeah. Uh, you have to watch it on Netflix. It is one of my favorite things because it's just a guy who just wanted to dope and do some like bike racing to prove that he could get away with doping. And out of nowhere, this Colorado dude winds up having the guy that ran Russia's doping, uh, like entire system come crash with him while his family is maybe being murdered. Uh, and he's a documentarian and you can see in his eyes for the, these, the second two acts of the film, just like I bit off more than I can chew this is way bigger than I wanted. I just wanted to ride a bicycle, like, in his goddamn eyes. And his producer keeps telling him, like, stop making this movie. And his producer went up with him to accept the award at the Oscars. And I was like, oh, negative Nancy. You shouldn't have been up there. You just kept saying no. Uh, so there's that. And my other one is uh, I have a paste uh, feature coming out this week on uh, the podcast. What a hell of a way to die, yeah. uh, which is run by two dudes that are in the military that are leftists uh, who have a podcast about how patriotism does not belong to the right. Uh, and it's fucking incredible. Uh, they do on and off like their episodes are very funny. Like they uh, uh, they got a list of all the stuff that Seb Gorka takes with him everywhere he goes every day. Uh, and they they just fucking blew him up for that. Uh, but they also reviewed Steven Seagal's new book where he communicates with wolves and helps bring down Obama. Uh, but they also like take cool. on very structural military things, uh, including uh, this. There's this whole conversation about like we should arm teachers. 
And so they had a very technical conversation about, like, if a school was a base in Afghanistan, how many soldiers would it take to defend it? Uh, and one of the guys has a high school that's built like mine, and he's like a, a full fuck, fucking platoon. It would take uh, more than 100 dudes to protect a school, just a regular high school of like 1,000 people full time. And the kick in the dick that you will get from just like the, the statistical like <laughs> issues of these things. Uh, it, in a time where we're doing a lot of like gun control talk and, and things like that, these are the guys that I trust uh and uh it's an incredible show to listen to i did a great interview with them that will be up on pace this week uh give it a subscription it's fun and interesting uh and and worth your time and also uh a reminder that uh you know uh, the flag doesn't belong to the right uh, and things like that viv where can people find you online uh i'm sometimes at Viv underscore Kane. And other times not. I've deleted social media from my phone. I reinstalled it for the Oscars, and then I should re-delete it again because that was a really nice month when I didn't have it on my phone. Um, but you can find me every day, Monday through Friday, at themarysue.com, spouting opinions that are sometimes wrong. Um, you can yell at me there. Uh, so my recommendation was... Like I mentioned, Brock was gone for much of this week, so it's not so much pop culture, but I have this recommendation in case you, if there's anyone else there that hasn't heard of this thing called Going Outside Every Day. <laughs> um, it was really nice. I, like, made myself go on walks, and I actually, I meant to do it today. I meant to at least step onto our porch, but I didn't do it today. Uh, anyone that works from home, shout out to us being crazy sometimes. I um, feel yeah. It can be pretty weird. Uh, Viv's eyes just fell out of her head. <laughs> I actually thought I got an eye infection today from staying inside too long. Um, so if you like, if you have a, like a front porch that you can read on for five minutes a day, I found that that's pretty cool. Uh, walking to a liquor store to buy a bottle of wine to spend on your porch while you read for five minutes—that's oh, also even great. Better. Uh, but. As far as pop culture recommendations go, I'm a healthy person. Um, uh, again, in case you didn't hear the first few times, the Oscars were yesterday, or however many days ago when this is actually published, and there are a whole bunch of movies, obviously, that you can watch, but like, uh, in case you missed some Oscar movies, like The Shape of Water uh, won Best Picture, and that's great. Oh, spoiler but, alert. Uh, spoiler um, for oh. anyone that hasn't been outside in a few days, which, see recommendation number one. Um, but, like, uh, Shape of Water is great. I really loved it. But if you are looking for some movies to watch, uh, I would recommend the movie Get Out you haven't heard of it it's uh it's great um and ladybird and uh roman j israel esquire you've yeah. everyone has probably seen the first two that i yeah. said but roman j israel uh was denzel washington was nominated for best actor and oh he is God. always nominated for Best Actor. Because he's uh, amazing. He is amazing. And he should have won for Fences last year. And he should have won for this this year. Yeah. And we, this was actually one of the first screenings that we were invited to when we moved to Kansas City by our press contacts here. And we didn't go. Mm -hmm. And I was fine with it because everything I'd heard about it, because we, ex we all right. exist by word of mouth, whether it's word of mouth 
from critics or just from like our friends or whatever. But what we heard was that he Denzel Washington was great and the movie was not great. And that it was by the guy that did Nightcrawler, which we are both fucking obsessed with, mm-hmm. but that it didn't live up to that. And mm-hmm. we watched it the like two nights ago and uh, those people that said didn't live up to anything were wrong because not only was Denzel Washington amazing, but the movie was an incredible follow-up to anyone that loved Nightcrawler. It was... He's it, a nerd for law. Yeah. Like, who has no, like, social, like... Well, like sandwiches. like the nerd for crime footage that was Nightcrawler. Like, he just... It, it's just a man... It's a genuinely incredible film and he, worth your time. Yeah, it's a man super dedicated to to his career, which is, like, a black man dedicated to law that it's, I don't know, it's up there with, I don't know, it felt really right at home with, like, uh, Ryan Murphy's O.J. Simpson take, like, anything that, anyone that loves, like, L.A. law crime, is that a genre? Like, uh, is that not a genre? It it, it was also to follow in line with what Viv was saying, uh, a thing where I had to uh, really wrestle with the fact that I was like, I think that I got racist into not watching this film because it was we were just told like, well, you hear that it's not great. He's great, but it's not great. It's not worth your time, and you believe it. But would you believe that if it were like uh, exactly Tom Cruise or someone else starring and, in and, it? And that's what it was. Which uh, the line that I'd been told over and over was like, he's in every shot of the movie, so that tells you everything you need to know about the movie. And it's like. Okay, I'm sorry, I also yeah. saw Phantom Thread, yeah. which you can say the same thing about or Daniel Day-Lewis, and ever. that movie was fucking boring as shit. <laughs> I was like, why would I discount somebody yeah. for being in every shot of the movie? That's Bleh. not, yeah, yeah, what the fuck is wrong with me that I believed that? Yeah, so, uh, uh, so I was... I'm really fucking glad that I love it so much. I would say Lady Bird, Get Out, and Roman J is Real Esquire. Those are the three, and, I don't know, any of the animated or documentary or shorts that you should see, but of also, the features... Also, I'll just tell you that we watched the darkest hour and i didn't get to i didn't get to watch the darkest hour yes you did no i offered to rewatch it again no i didn't i offered to rewatch. yeah it because again. i couldn't keep from heckling so okay so can, do you want to no. so this weekend we caught up on all of the best picture nominees because we like to see you know what we're outraged about um and so we watched all of the Best Picture nominees and most of the actors and directors and, and screenwriters nominees, but we could only make it halfway through the darkest hour because I couldn't stop. Sorry, I just I gesturing. I just hit Kenzie. I flicked me. I in the couldn't knee. stop heckling the darkest hour, which I warned Brock about going in that I didn't want to watch a movie about a racist piece of shit you know, being celebrated as a war hero. So we were watching this Winston Churchill movie with me just reading different articles online about like, guess guess what other racist thing Winston Churchill did? Guess why else people didn't listen to him about World War II because of things he said about Indians 10 years before? Like, uh, yeah, that was our experience with The Darkest in, Hour. In, in one of the sweetest moments of our entire relationship, the next morning we woke up and she said, I was like, we I can do it again. About being I, I have to admit, I did not say I'm sorry. Oh, I am uh, not sorry I for heckling. <laughs> I am not, I am, 
I am not sorry for heckling. I, I, I do take umbrage with that. I am not sorry for heckling the racist piece of shit that is Winston Churchill. But I did say, without apologizing, I did say that I would be willing to watch the movie again and keep my fucking mouth shut. And you refused. <laughs> I think I've seen the best version of the movie. Which is a really good actor with my wife yelling Guess over. what else Winston Churchill said? You know why he was so good at Hitler? You know why no one believed about Hitler? Because he said those exact words about India already. <laughs> yeah, so that so that's why on my list of Oscar recommendations, uh, that movie's not included. Kinsey, where can people find you online? <laughs> Your social media or professional website or yeah. whatever. Well, I am empowerment. Also, what did you think of .com? Darkest Hour? Did not see a single clip of a single movie that was shown on the Oscars last night. Good. Then ignore what me talking about. What do we all think about Robert McNamara? Because I have a one-year-old and And also business. you don't care about racist pieces of shit well, like I just Winston Churchill? literally have no Honey. sense of... Um, what are your thoughts on Social Casey Affleck? <laughs> I think I probably had a crush on him at some point. Right? Isn't that a dark time? But for I all? can't that was the really darkest hour like, for even us. affirm that because <laughs> I literally don't know anyone that anyone is talking about. Um, I so I'm sorry for talking over you. Where can people find you online? <laughs> You're like I, the Winston Churchill of this podcast. I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, duh. Yeah. Well. Uh, I am on Instagram, great at Empowerment Photographer, Facebook Empowerment Photographer. For the, I I feel awkward about this. I have been struggling lately with this identity. For the women slash genderqueer slash non-binary folks in our society, you are welcome to join me in the Empowerment Studio, which is my amazing <laughs> Facebook group that I run. What I have not said out loud is this is a safe space away from cis men. Sorry, bro. And I'm kind of uncomfortable with, I don't know, all of these please, gender things. But please I have, take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wait, what, I'm thing. sorry. What makes you feel uncomfortable? I feel uncomfortable because historically my group has been for women. Mm -hmm. Women only. But like, I don't believe in a gender binary and a gender binary does not exist. And so how can I possibly have a group for only women when like that excludes Oh, interesting. A lot of other people in the world. I... Oh, oh okay. Yeah, you see what I'm talking about. Yeah, I didn't mean to, like, hard. bring up a whole new well, thing in this, like, extra, but I have really been processing lately what to do about my group that I have marketed and um, explored as a group that is a safe space for women. Let's, but, let's agree, cis men have all the places. Like, yeah, we don't well, need another no, place. Yeah, no, no, but... Cis men have places, but what about trans women? Obviously, they're welcome. Well, but also... What, what about non-binary people? And what about cis men that are starting to recognize that that's not mm, actually no, a they're thing? they're still... They have their other... Well, no, but, like, cis men that... People that identify as cis, cis men that realize that maybe they're only, like, 80% of the way. Like, because, like, you're saying, like, it's not a binary... It's, it's kind of a weird, fluid thing right now, and I'm exploring uh, that boundary right now. I, I do... Again, I don't want to do the thing of, like, well, you're too hard on yourself. Let's pat ourselves on the back. But I have also seen the work on your site that you do. I know you do very little work for cis men, but I have, I did see your blog post about like taking umbrage with the like 
memes that sort of mock uh-huh. men that do burlesque work because it's mm-hmm. like laughing oh, no. at it. You mean the only blog post that I've written in the last two years? Okay, well I saw that, <laughs> and yeah. and I and oh, you linked us. You, well, but you linked to some of the work that you do with cis men Thank of like you. not of like oh my god, isn't it funny that I'm being sexual? But like. Well, actually being specific- doing burlesque yeah. shoots can with I, men. Can I just yeah, explain talk about what it. you're talking about? Yes, please do. Because what you're talking about is how I cannot stand it ever when there's every so often a boudoir shoot with a man goes viral. Oh my God, isn't and it it's funny always, that he's being sexy? <laughs> oh my God, LOL, this person has a body and they're being kind of vaguely sexy with that body that um, they have. Gay. LOL. Oh, yeah. So hilarious. Did you say I'm um, gay? No, no one said that except for everyone that looks at those shoots and is awful. So what I take issue with is the fact that these... People with beautiful bodies are being paraded around as a joke and yeah. as a laughing stock. And, and I would like to come it, in, but they have no. to think of they have to. I would like to come in and say it, yeah. that I think that that's bullshit, and that we should love all bodies, and that we should celebrate all bodies as beautiful, and photograph them in ways that make people feel empowered about themselves and not like a joke. And so, people when those like doudoir shoots go viral, ah, they start tagging. Dudoir. Oh, really? I never, heard, never heard that. Before. Yeah, it took it's, you a minute. it's always a joke. So people say, like, Kinsey, oh my God, look at this dude washing. LOL, this is so funny. Oh my God, they're doing this. what you do. Like, <laughs> look at this fat body thinking that they're beautiful. I'm sorry, but Ooh. shut the fuck up. Yeah. I'm shit. Like, do not discount fat bodies. Do not discount queer bodies. Do not discount bodies of color. Do not discount yeah. disability folk do not take away people and the things that make them who they are so what it is our turn to do is say no I don't think that's funny Mm -hmm. I don't think that that man who is a plus size or who has a curvier body I don't think that they're funny inherently because of those things about them bodies can be sexy bodies are all sexy bodies are all beautiful and every single one of us deserves to be celebrated and every single person in the world deserves to be celebrated exactly as they are and so it's our chance to do that but we have to rise up and say hey I'm not cool with this thing that's happening and here's how I see it instead Mm -hmm. I think this body is beautiful so yeah so I wrote a blog post because once again, another like boudoir post was circulating, mm. and like everyone was like, Kinsey, oh my god, lol, it's boudoir you and men, fat bodies, yeah. haha. And I got tired of responding, like, hey, thanks for thinking of me, but I don't think that this is funny because I think that everybody deserves to be celebrated. And so I wrote a blog post saying, hey, bodies are beautiful, they deserve to be celebrated, mm-hmm. and stop sending me these fucking links because and- you are perpetuating the diminuization of alt bodies yeah and yeah and so tell, tell me if I'm wrong but what I remember from that it's been a while since I read it that was when we first met that I, I when you like Brock, Brock me. sent me some links was like this is who we're having dinner with but like tell me if I'm wrong but like all of that is incredible what you <laughs> Kinsey's making a confused face over a new glass yeah, you, of wine. You were signing off 10 minutes ago, but now you're still going. Well, so tell me if I'm wrong, but what I remember from that post is not only that you took issue with uh, that kind of post shaming all bodies, like specifically 
the sorts of female bodies that get not uh, as plus well, size male no, bodies. Yes, but but like the the male bodies stand in for a representation of shaming anyone that isn't a traditional sexy body. But also, tell me if I'm wrong, but what I remember is the idea that those also shame the idea that men can pose for boudoir photos. Mm-hmm. That that's what I that remember. That men can be sexy. Yeah. And the, yeah. the, you, I remember you writing that, like, you don't traditionally do, that's why you traditionally do photos for women, but that, like, the fact that, like, men can only do boudoir photos if they're mocking the genre. It's sort of like you were talking, yeah. you were talking earlier about reading, like, a trashy romance novel. Oh my God. Well, that segues like, nicely into it, my It extra. does. Yeah. But that, like, that, that, that female genres, can only exist outside of the female sphere if they're being mocked, mocked. and winked at. And that that is some sexist fucking bullshit. So I'm going to be real with you, Vivian. It's also oh, been a minute do. since I have read that article. Okay. <laughs> that I wrote. Um, but I stand with that. That, like, I think that women and just, I, I don't know, I guess my, minority groups in general deserve the chance to stand on their own and not in spite of the group that is dominating the genre? Why is fantasy thought of less than sci-fi? Why Mm. is romance thought of less than horror? They both have a lot of fucking trash within the genre. You can't bite off something this big at the end. Wait, I feel like that's a really big thing to jump into. No, I take really big issue with... with the, this is a really big issue because it's something that I care a lot about. But the how much shade people throw on the genre of rom com when I hate ninety percent of rom coms. But you know what? I also hate ninety percent of action movies, of horror movies. But for some reason, some reason, rom coms get thought of as a super less than genre than the rest of them. May I segue us into my extra? Okay. Yes, <laughs> yes please. Because on that very topic, what. Wait, what's your question, Brock? There's a, uh, I, where can know. people find you this week? What, where can people <laughs> find you? But then there's the pop culture. What, what's your, ref- okay, what's your recommendation? I'm, I'm ready for both of these things. Great. One. One. Watch everything At in all of these genres. Empowermentphotographer.com. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two. Two. If you are not a cis man, come hang out with me in the Empowerment Studio. Literally on Facebook, search for I'm gonna do that. the Empowerment Studio. Uh, if that doesn't come up, Facebook okay, but why are you so racist and sexist? Group slash <laughs> empowerment boudoir. This has been Missouri Loves Company. Thank no. you guys for listening. No, Please wait, wait. Finish. <laughs> I will round out with a very off-topic, vaguely obscure reference. I have been doing a wonderful thing for myself, which is turning off my business brain and turning on an indulgent side of myself because I think that as women specifically in the society, we deserve to step away and occasionally treat yourself. Um, so shoes. I have no. a, Oh my God, you just parks and wrecked. That was nice. Shoes. Treat yourself. I'm there for you. Jewels. Treat, treat yourself. yourself. Why so serious? Treat yourself. That was fine. Not the linens. same thing. I treat yourself. Um, what I would like to recommend is finding something that makes you a little bit excited to dive back in. So that might be, in my case, that was, um, you know, that I needed to read a silly book that was fun and wonderful. So I dived, dived in, dove in? 
Duved in. You do. You duvet. You duvet in <laughs> to a book series called The Wedding. Oh shoot, what's it called? The Wedding. Something. I'm the in. Whatever it is. Package. The Wedding. Something. Something. Anyway, it's a it's a series by Denise. Link in notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not gonna do that. Denise Grover Swank, who wrote. A lot of books about a lot of the same people who have a lot of sex with each other in very inappropriate places. Read it! So indulgent (laughs) and wonderful and sexy. Read it! I think every single person should find something that just makes them feel good and happy and nice and lean into that and indulge. If that's sexy books, read it! This has been Missouri Loves Company. Thank you guys for listening. Please rate and review and share it with your friends. Please do! No one rates or reviews. Please rate and review. Give me validation in my life. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.